Bam, we're live. Where are you? Outside. You're outside. Yeah. Like if you look up, you stare into the heavens. No, there's a roof. <laughs> uh, out to your left, is that just out to the open air? That's just yeah. Uh, wow, it's already nighttime there. Yeah, it's a little dark. Um, how come you're outside? Um, I, I don't know. Is that room? Yeah, is yeah. your normal? Is your normal room taken? Uh, yeah, like the whole. Yeah, there's something going on. I'm not sure exactly. You're not but sure. You can't. Or you can't tell us. Uh, both. It's okay. it's nothing crazy. It's just like they just needed that facility for something. Or like there were someone spotted mice and now they're like doing a fumigation or something like that. Yeah, probably something like that. Have you seen any animals where you're at? Um, Scorp any scorpions or crazy bugs or any? They got anything or nothing lives out there. There, I've seen some snakes and some mice. We've killed a mouse that was uh, burrowing in our clinic, and then snakes How'd you kill just kind of mouse trap. Just stand your standard mouse trap. Mouse trap, yeah. High tech. Yeah, super cool. Uh, otherwise, not really. A lot of birds. Like this is like probably the only place where they're actually going to get food and stuff. So birds. Oh, we've got some cats too. Hey, will we hear any birds? How come I don't hear any birds? Because um, I'm not near any trees. There, are, and usually the like right at about seven o'clock. No, uh, probably right before sunset. All the birds will like flock to the trees, and just like it'll just be a mass exodus to the trees, and they'll just be chirping like crazy, and then they'll land. They'll just chill for the night over by the are trees. They like what are they like starlings? Are they those blackbirds you see like in the Walmart parking lot and like half of them have like one mangled leg? How come all uh, those birds have mangled legs? How come all those birds' feet are fucked up? I have no idea. But they're, they're like little um, sparrows, like the tiny little like brown, yep, like speckled ones. They're how really about small. that light? How about that light you just showed us? Will that thing have bats all around it in an hour? No, uh, no bats. No, no bats. Yeah, no bats. Not that I've seen. There could any be some, insect, any insect issues? Mostly just flies. We have a crazy fly issue. It's gotten better since it's gotten colder, but they're just, they're incessant. They'll like fly around your face and they'll land on you and they like don't care. Uh, regu regular flies, like our regular American house flies or like those smaller ones? Yeah, like a regular American house fly. It's crazy though because they don't bite. Like I've had like flies back home. They're just like, they'll land on you and they'll bite. They'll just like nip at your skin. But oh, I, we, don't, we don't have any biting flies really in California. Oh, really? Mm -mm. Look at me and you both on the trigger at the same time, trying to put Scott up top. <laughs> Two people try to put him on top and he ends on the bottom. What's up, dude? Hey, how are you guys? Amazing. I'm, I'm amazing. I'm trying to figure out what's going on with Caleb. I can't, I can't tell when I see that backdrop, I just think, uh Oh, it's a little terrifying. What's that hanging on your wall, Scott? Right here. Right here. Yeah. That like that. Yeah. Like that mandala thing. 
I don't know. It's a decoration down in the mummy, the mummy pod. This is uh, my basement where my uh, mother-in-law comes and watches uh, Kinsley from time to time. We'll and it. she and she hung that. She decorated it herself. No, uh, my wife Kristen did, but not the mummy pod. It's the Grammy pod. I apologize. Grammy pod. Grammy pod. Is that thing handmade? Is that like that's probably like know. some air that's probably some heirloom from that side of the family, Scott. You got to find it, out what that is. That's, like that's probably be, made by someone's could, grandma. Or it could, it could be from Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> or we drove by the thrift store and my wife saw it and just yeah, grabbed it. You know, and it just looked nice. It looked like it matched the walls and get the job done. <laughs> no, he's not in a bunk. He's outside. He's underneath some awning of what looks like some makeshift military base like boxes that's what i was thinking i was thinking yeah he's definitely somewhere like that he's definitely somewhere like that usually he's inside he's usually inside of like um some hot some room at the hospital you know where they treat people like you can see like the stethoscopes and the shit the pictures on the walls of like an anus so that the doctor can be like hey you have a polyp there and you know like you know what i mean like the diagrams and he's gone he's gone we're seeing me buddy do you, do you have do you have two kids? I got one on the way. Like how, any, how any day now? Like any day. Any day. Like, like the 30th we're going in um for a C, scheduled C-section, but if it comes before that she is uh going to try to have a natural birth. Like so she could literally come downstairs now and be like, "Okay, Scott, I'm having contractions." Has she has she those Braxton Hicks ones have those started? Oh yeah. Those are intense. I'll tell you what. So you've heard. I don't get enough credit. <laughs> I do not get enough credit because that is not something I would ever want to do. Don't you just want to know what one feels like? I'm just like I the do, whole time I, I just, I've, I've said just that. one. Like, what does it feel like? Like when you like see it like moving around in there, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's just like such a crazy feeling and concept to wrap my head around. Um, is your wife, is your wife enjoying the process? You think you'll have a third? Is she kind of like addicted to the process? I wouldn't say she's addicted to the process. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens, but, uh, we got a boy coming and we have a girl. So kind of check both boxes, repopulated the world, you know, doing our part. (laughs) It, it, It seems like just like the box that I keep you in all the prejudice and discrimination that I project onto you. Um, from where you live and you, you, what state are you in? Ohio. Yeah. You seem like that's like a four, four kid state. Yeah. <laughs> four kids. I, I mean, I came for, I came from a family of six kids. So I think you are probably under the assumption that I was going to try to match or beat that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know what? Just six. It's just a good number. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's even round. <laughs> How old are you, Scott? Uh, today's my, uh, 35th birthday, actually. Holy cow. Happy birthday. Thanks. I appreciate it. Holy shit. Thanks for doing this. Is it cold downstairs where you're at? A little bit. Yeah. You need a dehumidifier down there. Will mold start growing on the walls? No, we have, we have one of those. You do have one. Oh, awesome. Everybody's got one of those in their basement. You don't know what kind of weather you're going to get. We had a couple weeks ago. It was like in the mid 60s almost 70 and then drop the below 35 within like three days uh, snow on the ground oh yeah wow yeah. i mean my wife is from buffalo and i don't know if you saw any pictures of the stadium but they had to move the game to detroit and 
Oh, I saw a headline. Yeah. Yeah. The Browns and uh, the Bills played there and it was their stadium in Buffalo was just, I'd never seen anything like that. Was it some sort of record too, where the headlines like, Hey, more, Oh, look at, we got a backup dude. And the, <laughs> <laughs> the, backup, the backup dudes here. <laughs> I saw Caleb disappear from in front of the bunker. Figured I'd uh, come help out. What's up, Scott? How you doing, bro? I'm good. How are you? I'm Scott, great, man. Happy Matt, Su- Matt Susan. Have you guys met before? Oh yeah. On the show. Yeah, we met at Wadapalooza too, briefly. Oh, yep. cool. Hey, um, w- was that were those record numbers in Buffalo? What happened there? Can you pull that up, Susie, if you have a chance? Sorry, I know you just came on, but look at the stadium in in Buffalo. What happened there? W- w- was it that? Mu- they just weren't prepared for it. Oh, it is just a crazy amount of snow. Like, I, I don't know what the total amount was, but it had to have been, I think, three, four feet. And, and 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 it's not Maybe a dome, so, that, so the inside of the stadium. Okay. No. Well, they they moved it to um, Detroit, and that is a dome. Yeah. Hey, when you played in college, did you ever play in the snow? Yeah, all our all our playoff games were at Mount Union. Every year I was there because we went undefeated. Uh, up until holy Stagbull. Holy shit! Look at that one down on the bottom, Souza. Uh, on the go down lower, lower to the right one to the right yeah, I was one. Watching the game, and they were talking about how the fans were actually going <laughs> to the players' houses and helping them get out of their house. Oh, like dig them out. They were like digging the players out of their house. Yeah, they didn't really practice much, and they still beat the Browns. <laughs> wow, that's insane. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Did you ever have a game call? Um, you played uh, at um, Mount Union and, and you were running back there. Yep. And uh, a Division three school. You got it. And you were a starter? Uh, my senior year I started, yeah. And I played a little bit of slot receiver my junior year. And then and, and- I was like, uh, I went five years. I was on that, you know, five year plan and uh, came back out for my fifth year. But uh, unfortunately, I had some uh, knee issues that uh, prevented me from playing that year. Isn't it isn't it sort of trippy? These three particular events that happened at peaks of your three or four particular events that happened at peaks of your career. Yeah. Definitely gave me some flashbacks for sure. Yeah. But it uh, also is like a transition. Like, I don't know. I think, I think God uh, kind of shifts your, your mindset and your, your life into different directions at different times. And it's crazy. I, I've told people this on a number of occasions, but if I would have gotten to play my fifth year as a starter and went and won a national championship, I don't know if I would have like, been as interested in like really digging into CrossFit the way I did early on, but it, you know, left something inside of me that was just like, man, I want to, I want to compete again. I want to find a way to like run onto a competition floor. And, and who, I, I couldn't believe that 10 years went by without having any issues with my body. And I think that really speaks volume to like what CrossFit does for you because I had three uh, knee reconstructive surgeries playing college football from playing college football so to go 10 years in the sport before having any issues with those i was i was pretty happy 
I think a lot of people, I, I want to say most even, uh, my guess is that most people would have used those injuries that you had uh, playing college football as an excuse to not do CrossFit. I, hey, oh, I can't do CrossFit because I, I have a bad knee. I can't do CrossFit because I have a I bad back. I can't time. do CrossFit. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm, I, I laugh because I'm like, no, this would be really good for you because if we can get your quads and your hamstrings nice and strong, it takes a lot of uh, tension off those knees. And, and you had all the things jacked up, right? Like the MCL, the patella, the ACL, like anything with three letters you had kind of all jacked up. Yeah. I had uh ACL twice and PCL once in college. Oh, look, Caleb's back. He's oh, alive. You move a little, let's see what he's doing. Undisclosed now, location number two. <laughs> now you're inside. You're under a bed. No audio. All right, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he's like sitting top bunk right now and he can't talk. Oh, no, oh he's, he's that's a great guess that there's yeah. someone sleeping in the room. Yeah. I like I that guess. He's not shaking his head or nodding his head. He might be frozen. He just wants he to might. listen. He's here to listen. <laughs> Easier to watch. <laughs> Do you remember that guy um, on Sesame Street who used to just – he would paint – he never talked and he wore a trench coat and he would paint numbers on shit. Like he'd be in an elevator and he'd paint a number on it and then someone would lean up against – do you remember that guy? Sometimes Caleb reminds me of him because he's so stoic. <laughs> oh, and now his internet's gone again. I can kind of – I can see a box down here in the waiting room where, where Caleb hangs out and, he, and he's flickering in and out. Uh, th- there was a fascinating story I heard uh, on a podcast you did that I bet you a lot of people haven't heard where you, um, speaking of God, where you did, did you no, not that guy, but I like, hey, no, guy. did you do a voiceover? That, <laughs> not that guy. This was like a real care, a real person. And and listen, listen, Sesame street. I know you guys have completely lost your way. I mean, I know, I, I don't know why I'm even bothering giving you advice. You're so you've turned into something that's good for kids to a brainwash epicenter of disgust, but, um, no, no more characters with trench coats. It's not, it's, <laughs> I, as a as a fashion expert, the, the people in trench coats don't shouldn't be hanging with kids. It's just fashionista. Yeah, as a fashionista. <laughs> um, you, you after this, uh, I don't remember what injury it was. Maybe you can fill in some of the missing spots. But after one of your um, injuries, you were like you were feeling distant. You were feeling a little empty inside, and you went out and you got a Bible, and you opened. The, you were thinking about opening the Bible, and you're like, shit's too complicated. I'm, I'm not going to understand. Could, could you tell us that story? And, 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 yeah, and, so and what that, actually, are you still doing the Bible study to this day? Mm-hmm. We actually, oh, awesome. um, we did it on, we had our last one Thursday and we're taking a little break between now and new year because we have the baby coming and then we'll pick back up. Okay. Um, but it actually was not uh, an injury. It was um, our first pregnancy. We ended up losing our first uh, child. How, how many weeks? How, how many weeks in? Um, eleven. Eleven weeks in. Yeah. Um, we uh, d- just for whatever it's worth. Um, we lost our first one at thirteen weeks. We never saw the baby because we she had never gone to the doctor. So, like for all we know, it was a. It, it may have been. You know, sometimes women's bodies will say that they're pregnant when they're not. Like there won't be a fertilized egg or something. But but I remember. She lost the first one and the third one. 
and then and then we had the twins. This is probably going to be a long story with all my questions. After you lost the first one, how traumatic was that for? Did she lose a lot of blood physically? How traumatic was it for? Um, can you give me one second? Let me plug my iPad in. It's dying. Yeah. Two seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming prepared. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, shit. I thought this was gonna be a ten minute interview. <laughs> hey to be honest with you scott it was gonna be i was like okay i told the boys i'm like we only need scott for like 30 minutes we'll fucking pry into whether he's gonna compete at the games and then we'll cut him loose but then i started researching you last night for like two hours on the assault bike i'm like fuck that we got shit to talk about yeah i was like oh it'll be 10 minutes and i was like i got 24 percent, and we burned through that real quick so and if you have to go just cut me loose if you have I to go i just texted but... my wife and i was like hey can you bring me an exception <laughs> <laughs> she waddles down the stairs hey here you go asshole she did she did but um but yeah so that was where me uh wanting to dig into the bible a little bit more had had come from um, I really wanted to just get a better understanding of life. And, uh, I had a few really great people in my life that had been directing me to read the Bible. And who, 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 uh, I had a, a guy from, uh, my gym. He actually, well, actually it's a pretty awesome story. I, I, I'll give it. you the, I'll yeah. give you the cliff notes uh, and try to keep it, keep it short. But, um, I had joined a Bible study group and it was like right around COVID and we're on there and Nathan Bramblett, who was a old uh, games athlete was talking to me and we were just, you know, I got on and I'm just sitting there and listening and um, I grew up Catholic and uh, I, you know, I had Bibles in the house and I went to church on Sundays, but it was always kind of just to like check a box and like you did, it was just what you did. And I felt like I was, you know, a good person and, you know, better than that guy and that guy and that guy, but maybe not as good as that guy. And, you know, I, I felt like I was doing things. You didn't have as many notes right. in your Bible. You had I one, but that guy had more notes. Had a Bible on <laughs> so he was better than you. I did. I had a Bible and it was sitting on a shelf and it was brand new, never really cracked open. Um, and I grew up, like I said, I had a lot of uh, knowledge and understanding of like who God, who God was. I said, you know, my prayers. And I, like I said, I went to church, but I never really got into the Bible. And a lot of it was because of how intimidating it was. And the, the prince too small, dude, the prince too small. The I prince also, says, don't read me. The prince says, don't also, read me. It also like, I also knew there was some like things in there that would make me be a little more responsible in this life. I think too, I think there was a little intimidation there in those ways and uh i'm doing my, this I, and, well, and the bible's gonna tell to me like, not to i wanted my god to be like me you know mm. and that's that's not what it's about uh but i was intimidated to to open it for whatever reason and it, it took a long time you know i went to college and you know i went in and dropped into a couple of fellowship of christian athletes and i always felt like god kind of like was protecting me and like looking after me and you know, keep just keeping me out of trouble, but I felt like it took this tragic event in my life to redirect me into deepening that relationship to really understand who God, who God is and, and how he provides for me every day. Um, so during COVID we're on a Bible study, you know, virtual Zoom call and I'm sitting there listening and Nathan is talking and he asked me, he's like, do you have a Bible? I was like, yeah, it's somewhere here in my house or 
you know, honestly, I don't even know. I think my parents might still have the Bible I got when I was in CC. It's called CCD. It was like our catechism class. Um, and he sent me one. So he sent it to me. I open it up, small print, <laughs> super overwhelming. And I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm not ready for this. And at the same time, chapter was, 7,000. Oh, <laughs> but at the, at the same time, I was uh, creating this 400 meter loop on our property because the gym was shut down. And I was like, I want to be able to run from my home gym. And I just felt like it was like really, really peaceful. And it's probably one of the first projects and things that I'd done where I just felt like I, I didn't have music. It was just quiet time. So while this is all happening, I felt like I was just asking a lot of questions. And this is all, you know, when we, right after we lost our, our first child and, you know, at, the day after I got this Bible from Nathan Bramblett and I'm walking, creating this loop in our woods saying like, I wouldn't understand it. I don't know where to start. A guy from my gym, I kid you not, comes in and he says, I have something for you. And this is a guy that I haven't really talked to a whole lot. And it was really strange. He's not in your Bible. He wasn't in your Bible study class. He was not in my Bible. Study. He's, just a, no. he's just a member in my gym. And he goes, I have something for you. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, what is it? And he like goes out to his car. He comes back in and he hands me a study Bible. And. I'm like, oh, wow, like two Bibles in two days. <laughs> I'm not going to third day. It's like I might not make it to three days. I'm going to open this thing. And he goes, I want you to have this. Something on my heart told me I needed to give this to you. And it and I opened it, and it was really big, like big text. And it had study notes at the bottom. And I was just like, oh, wow. And he's like explaining it to me. He told me where to start. And then he's like, and he's like, and I want to pray for you. I'm like, okay, thanks. And I thought he was going to leave and like pray for me later at home. Like, like, oh yeah, I'm going to pray for you. He like put his hand on me and prayed right in that moment. And like this, like, I just got so emotional and my body started shaking. And it was just like, I, I truly, truly believe that like the, like the Holy Spirit, like he put it like on my heart. And like, from that moment on, I was like, I have a, like a responsibility to dig into this. And, you know, it wasn't much longer where we got pregnant again with my daughter, Kinsley. And that just pushed me even more towards it because I was like, wow, like things are coming together. I want to be able to teach her all the things that in, are in here. I know she's going to have questions and I don't want to rely on someone else to teach me those things. And I think a lot of the times we rely on other people to teach us what we should be trying to learn on our, on our own. And the Bible is going to speak to you differently than it's going to speak to me. And it's going to meet us where we're at. And uh, I just, I truly believe something happened that day that really just changed my heart. And it, it just so happened. It happened, you know, kind of leading into that last season of my career Um you know, my knee, my knee ends up not making it through the year. I'm probably the fittest that I've ever been in my entire life. What year, Scott? This is 2021. Uh, no, this would, this would have been 2020. So the year 2020, that I okay. went to the games and, um, when you were running and, and the like, crowd started running with you. Yeah. So that all the capital event, and, Scott did that shit first, <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of stuff happened that year too. And I'm just like, man, like what is like, 
what's God trying to tell me? And I think a lot of the times we, we look into our life and we're like, man, why is God like, why, why is God doing this? Like, why? Like, this is what I wanted. And this is what I got. And sometimes I, I believe that he's doing it for us. And it, and it could be for us to redirect in our life. It could be for us to dig more into the relationship we have with him so that there is more substance there and there is something to grow and learn and, and develop. And it's, it's pushed me in a direction to be a, a better person. It's got me reading more. Um, and it also has me like being more patient and kind and, and loving. And, you know, I, I, at times like whatever you're putting into you is going to spill out at some point when life gets hard. And if you're not mm. putting good things into your, into your heart, um, when things get hard, it's, it, it doesn't get any better and life's going to be hard. And that's what I've been leaning into over the last few years. And I felt more joyful than ever before in my life. And it's been through some, some pretty difficult times, which, you know, is pretty incredible. Uh, When I think of us as human beings, one of the ways I think of us, one of the pictures that I see in my head is, I see us, see us as like a radios. You know the old radios where you, you tune in the radio station? Yeah. And then you turn to the frequency and you turn that knob and you get it just so it's crystal clear. And I think of us as, as like that as human beings that the way we treat our body and what we put into our mind adjusts our – and who we hang out with adjusts our frequency to – to be more receptive to, to wherever these signals are coming. I picture us as just all human beings as kind of like antennas walking around on planet earth, getting our directive from whatever frequency we're tuned into. And, I, and when I hear your story, I think of it like that, like you read the Bible and it was just, it was adjusting your frequency to that message to, to, yeah. to what did you call it? The, the spirit, the Holy ghost. What did you call it? Holy, Holy spirit. Yeah. Holy spirit. Who, who was the, is this guy still at your gym? The guy who gave you that? That's no one. <clears throat> Yeah, he's at the gym. Um, another then, I, you know, then it got me exploring a church. I wanted to find a church and uh, other people on the frequency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted. Well, I wanted to just continue to dig into that because, like I said, at some point, my daughter's going to have questions, and if I am not there to answer those questions, who is? Ah, and mm. I want to be. I want to control that narrative. That's my job. That's my role and responsibility as a father. And I want to do that to the best of my ability. And, and I, part of that is me continuing to grow that relationship myself. So it's, I ended up getting uh, baptized again at the, at you know the church that I'm a part of now. Uh, I was baptized as a child. So like in, infant bat- baptism is a part of Catholicism. Uh, but I wanted to declare um, that relationship as an adult and I ended up getting baptized again with my wife. And now we're part of a, a church. Um, and one of our, <clears throat> one of our studies is at the gym that we do. It's a small group and we do like a 45 minute CrossFit workout. And then we go into like a 45 minute study on, um, a specific chapter in the Bible where we just kind of hang out and talk. And, um, we have people from all walks of life coming in and you don't have to be a, a Christian. Uh, my dad actually comes, which is amazing. Uh, he's Catholic and, we just we dig into that thing together as a as a group. 
my my it's interesting I, I i've been acutely aware since i've been uh very young like at five years old i had this kindergarten teacher who i had a crush on but i didn't i didn't know it was a crush at the time i just knew i really liked her and i really liked her and i see my boys now having feelings towards girls and then processing those feelings because they don't know anything but they obviously feel something uh, physical yeah. right they like it, it's not sexual but they feel I just remember those feelings. They're not sexual, but you, you know, okay, that's a girl and there's, and there's something stirring in you. But the other thing that they're also quite, quite curious about is where they came from and what happens when they die. So these are probably two of their, and I want, those are kind of things that kind of propel man through his life running from those two things, right? Dealing with those sensations that maybe drive you um, to, to want to be with a girl. And then the other is this deep, um, quest for the curiosity of where do we go when we die and where did we come from before we were born, you know, so, so, sort of thinking in time. And yet we kind of push all that shit away. We don't address those sensations. We end up trying to make money to get a girl or we don't address those thoughts of where we go well, when we who, die. We run from them, you know? Yeah. Well, who, who's going to teach them that? If right. you don't, if you don't teach that to them in another year or so, one of their friends is going to teach them that. Like, mm -hmm. like I, I still remember, um, like my teenage years, like one of my friends is like, Hey man, like my dad's got these videos and he's like trying to show me porn. Yeah. yeah. And like, I, I had no idea what that was. And I was like, okay. You know, and could and you imagine like, being a kid now, dude, I heard the average oh, age that crazy. a kid sees you porn. Go on your phone and you can, in a matter of seconds, you can be in a really, really dark and scary place and that it, changes it, your perception of everything I'm, I'm not even condemning porn i'm just saying like why would you want that to be your first impression of what the union of a man and a woman is it's nuts that'll I, that'll mess you up yeah. mess you up it'll mess yeah. you up hey, it'll mess, mess up millions because, i bet because yeah it, it it does because you're gonna look at women in that way, you're not looking at it as a love. And like, there's opportunity when your kids are young to really speak to their hearts. Like I look at my daughter, she's like the innocence that she has. I just like, I want to preserve that as long as I can. And I want to teach her through my relationship with my wife, what, like what I want her to have someday in a man and how I treat her and the things that I, I do on a daily basis. You know, if I'm getting angry and upset, um, and I'm mistreating my wife for yelling and screaming and not patient and kind, then that's just expected out of a man. So, you know, one of my, uh, my good friends, he, he's always encouraged me. He's like, you got to date your children and you got to take them out one at a time. And if you don't build a relationship with them early on where they feel comfortable to talk to you, it's not going to just magically happen during their teenage and high school years when things are really, really hard. And, you know, your teenage years are your most impressionable years. Like that's when you're making really, really hard decisions. I don't care how popular you are or how good you are at sports. Every one of those kids that comes into school in their teenage years is making difficult decisions every day. And mm -hmm. if we don't take time to well pour said. into our I've kids. Never heard it said like that. Wow. Yeah. If we don't take time to pour into our kids, then other teenagers are going to pour into them. Older kids are going to pour into them and what they're putting into them isn't good. You know, that's not going to like lead them down a road of like how to treat women, 
or what kind of relationship they want to be in or, you know, just what they want to pursue in this life. I don't know. That's Hey, you know, what's kind of funny is that there's this, uh, I hear this from all the parents. Why I'd be like, Hey, why'd you get your kid a cell phone? Oh, for safety reasons. Oh, for safety reasons. Now you can contact your kid, but your kid and his friends can still now can now look up porn. <laughs> and let me tell you the, the, the best, the nicest, best, healthiest kids in the world are going to do that. They're just kids. They're I, just, they're just fucking I remember, kids. I remember being a kid and wondering those things. What does that look like? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and it's the same thing that you were saying. You're like, why is that making me feel that way? <laughs> if nobody talks to you about those things, you don't know. And then the people, like I said, that are teaching you, oh, like hooking up with girls is cool. Okay, cool. I'm going to go hook up with as many girls as I can. Right, and, right. And now all of a sudden, like. Foods, it's, you really could compare it to life. food, Scott. People, um, I used to go to every time I went to the movies, I would always buy a pound of uh, M&Ms. No one ever told me what the consequences of that would be. Peanut M&Ms, a pound to myself every time. No one's no one's telling you the consequences (laughs) of going out and hook. I know it's crazy. Yeah. No one tells you the consequences of that. Why would they tell you the consequences of uh, of hooking up with as many girls as you can? Why do you feel why do you feel empty inside the next morning? Because yeah. it's not meant like that is not the way that we were intended to live. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's taken me a long time to get to this point to learn all these things. And I don't know. 35 I, seems pretty quick to me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's it's never too late to ask for forgiveness and start over, man, and just start building your heart back up. But, you know, they talk about it's like hardening your heart when you start making decisions like that and you're doing things that you're not proud of that are behind locked doors and looking at things that you're not supposed to. It's, it's difficult to pour into your relationship. It's difficult to pour into the people that you love and care about because you're addicted to something you're addicted mm-hmm. to. And, and then it makes you feel like garbage afterwards. And that's because it we're, we weren't built to do that. I don't know. That's, that's personally what I, I, I believe now. I also think though, that you, the, the greatest, whatever that metric is the greatest raised child in the world still doesn't have the experience needed to for happiness than maybe the person who had the worst upbringing and who had the worst habits who actually took the effort to tear themselves apart in that process that of, of tearing yourself apart and rebuilding yourself i think is where the true gift is that's i was actually asking my my wife and i were talking about the other day do you think our kids are wise but the truth is, is I kind of set her up. It was it was a loaded question because I don't think anyone is wise until they've gone through that one kind of that one cycle. You 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 kind of ran your whole life. You're 25 or whatever, and then you you either keep going down that path or you break all. No matter what, how perfect everything might be, greatest Bible reader of all time, whatever, practicing the scripture. But there's something in if you've if you've never done deep self reflection and kind of torn yourself up. I don't think I don't think you're even a complete human being. You think you you think you're going to always wonder what that life. It's kind of like when people say like, "Oh, that that's what college is about." You go to college, and and, and, and enough. <laughs> I just think people have to hit rock bottom. I don't think listen, I don't think yeah. if you hit rock bottom, then then you're not like you have to build this character in your life, and we have to help our kids build it, knowing someday they're going to have to dismantle it to find what you call the Holy Spirit. No yeah. matter what, I don't think I think, can be, I think we're all going to hit. I think we're gonna we're all in that we're all in this road of like riding waves 
where you ride a wave and then boom, you crash. And if you don't have something to get back up on that board and start swimming and paddling out, you're done. Yeah. You're done. And so, and, and so you teach your child about God and, and the Bible so that they have the tools during these hard the times. Yeah. You give them the tools that they need, but like uh, there's, uh, you got to know we're all flawed human beings. We're all sinners. We're all going to mess up like every day, every day I mess up. But, and, and I think that's one of the things that I learned over the last three to five years is like a lot of it was like, I would let people like church people. All right dictate what my beliefs were on God. Oh, like if that person can let me down and they have that relationship with God, then like, like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, but it's like, no, we are all flawed human beings. I don't care who you are. Mm -hmm. We're flawed human beings. It is what it is. But you just have to know that like, you have to lean into something bigger than that. And that's what I believe the Bible is like, that's what I believe that relationship with God is because we are all going to hit that point of rock bottom at some point in our life. And we're going to think every time we hit a low point, we're like, Oh man, this is rock bottom. And I look back to like my knee injury and I'm like, Oh, I hit rock bottom. Then I look back to losing a child. I'm like, Oh, that was way worse. Not, not even comparable. <laughs> close. Not even yeah. Do you know what I mean? And our life is going to continue to move in that way. But it's like if you're not rooted to something, then nothing flourishes after that. Mm. I, I do this story a lot. Let's say, uh, Scott, I, I robbed your house and I took your favorite TV set and I and I stole your family albums. And let's say I did all this bad shit to you and you're like, this guy's a piece of shit. He needs to go to jail, blah, 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 blah. And then someday someone was hurting your daughter and I was there and I helped you uh, – protect your daughter you'd be like dude let's go for a beer ah, fuck that shit. <laughs> i mean it's all relative i can't there, there's whenever i put all the people in my life that i don't life that i don't like i actually love them compared to how i would feel if someone did something bad to my kids i would actually i would lend them a thousand bucks like right now like th yeah. there's nothing i would like I, they're, they're not even my yeah, enemies I mean, when right. i hold up to that what i tr how much i treasure my family well, I mean, I think it's a, it's such a good perspective because the things that you're talking about are materials and like, mm. you can replace all of those things, but yeah. like, you can't take back, like, if there's a moment I help your children, oh yeah. man, like, you're I can't in, like, pay, Lynn, I can't what you pay want. for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You, you literally, you can't pay for that. There's no, isn't it? I've we've had family friends who I just kind of can't stand, and then the, and 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 since I've had kids, I just love them because of how they treat my kids. I just fucking I can't have them over enough. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. You know they swipe five bucks off your counter every time they're over. <laughs> oh, what what is catechism class? Children generally generally are required to take catechism classes, <laughs> which are Catholic religious education classes, which generally start around the time the child is in the first grade and conclude around eighth grade, at which time the child is confirmed. Uh, will, will you put your um your your daughter in one of those? Um. So actually, I went from being Catholic to being a Christian. So um, it's not considered like CCD, but there are uh, classes from kindergarten all the way up to I believe eighth grade that you can put your child in during 
uh, service on Sundays where they're getting in it to experience a relationship with God and learning in a more appropriate fashion, I guess you could say. Uh, sorry, I'm going to uh, take a little short. Kelly, uh, the way he's talking, though, it seems uh, being gay isn't allowed. However, I, I'm not sure who you're talking about, but um, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area and I, 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 uh, I partied many, many a night with many thousands of gay people at the erotic exotic ball, all the gay pride parades. I have absolutely no issues with anyone being gay. What I do have a problem with is that the, in being gay is a, is a, uh, is a reference to which genitalia you like. It means that you want to be intimate with people with the same genitalia. And that flag has no place in front of my kid's school. That's why my kid doesn't go to school because they put that flag up in front of my school and my school shouldn't be, have a sex flag in front of the school or a genitalia flag. And people are like, no, that flag's about freedom and acceptance. And I know the American flag is, is the mindset and the idea of freedom and acceptance. So please don't get those two things conflated. I have no issues with any, anyone can pretty much do anything that they want um, with themselves. If you want to put a gay flag on your garage door, more power to you. I'll honk when I go by. And I know that's the place to party that really wants to emphasize what they do with their genitalia. I get it. But that is not. That is, that is not the place – just like I don't want the fucking NRA flag at my fucking school. Like I, I, don't, I don't want that. Sorry. I, I don't want the BLM flag at my school. I don't want my kids being taught uh, about uh, color at my school unless it's a biological term that Scott does better in Finland and Jeff Evans does better closer to the equator because of the biology of their skin color. Other than that – sorry. I digress. I don't like it when people conflate that stuff. Uh, Jeremy E. World, I'm digging everything Cole Sager is saying. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, why, why is um, – why was – for me, why was losing the child so hard? For me, my, my, I was – for me, I don't think it was hard um, other than the fact that I, what I saw my wife go through both times. And the second time she she was sure she would never have kids again. I'm so glad we did. We had the twins, but she, but why was it so hard on you? I, I think it was just because I felt like there was nothing I could, I could do, you know, it, it mm. just felt, it. I just felt so helpless in that, in those circumstances. And there's nothing I can say or do or no, there's no, like, usually the things in life you can put effort into something uh -huh. And, you know, something good can start to ha happen. You know, the only effort that I could put in was into our relationship and just being there and listening and um, encouraging her as much as I could. So that that was really difficult. And I don't think we'll ever true uh, men will ever truly understand. Sure. What it's like. And I try, um, and I try not to pretend like I, I, I do. Right, right, right. Um, I, I agree. Oh, and um, was she hesitant to have to try to have a child again because it was so traumatic? Because I know the second one was so physically traumatic on my wife that she was like – and her skin basically turned yellow for six months. She's like, fuck that. Get the condoms out. We're not doing that again. Yeah. Um, I think that was just – there was definitely some anxiety that like what if this happens again and – I remember going in for like ultrasounds and just every step of the way through that second pregnancy, you're just kind of walking on, on eggshells and 
that's that's difficult. But that was also right around the time that I had started reading the Bible and again, like was rooted to something that was good, good for my heart. And I had trust and I believed that we were meant to have a baby and we just kept trying and eventually we got Kinsley. So along this um, same line of family, when, when you open CrossFit mentality, your, your dad, your mom and dad left the city they lived in and bought a home in the city you're in and helped you open. Is that true? Yes. Yeah. So my that, whole family. Isn't that, isn't that just crazy? Now, uh, did, 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 I know part of you wants to be like, oh my God, that's so great. But doesn't that put a crazy amount of pressure on you? I was definitely a little nervous. <laughs> You're like, wait, wait, what? I, thank you, but wait, what? I mean, you can't fail then at that point. I mean. Yeah. I'll never forget our first day. Um, we did our opening day. I had like 75 people come in. I had just finished the 2012 games, and um, I took fourth, and all these people came out to like help support the opening of the gym, and I, I went up to my mom after everything was done. I was like, how many people signed up? She's like, one. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh shoot. Better and than I, zero. Yeah, it's better than zero. So I coached the hell out of that one guy and <laughs> one turned into two and two turned into four and it just kind of took off from there. But it was a slow growth. And honestly, I'm I wouldn't change it for the world because that because we had such a slow growth, we were really able to lay a strong foundation to who, who we wanted to be at CrossFit mentality and really speaking life into those individuals um, and what the community and the culture was going to be. And I think now it's difficult because I think if you open up a gym, you're likely going to get some people that are unhappy at the gyms that they're in and your core members when they come into the gym are, you know, these people that are very unhappy in some of the other areas. And that doesn't necessarily build a, a, a strong foundation in some way. So you got to really work your tail off to make sure that you're preserving uh, <laughs> what uh, or who you want to be. Are you still in the same location that you opened at in 2012? Yeah. And, and, and your parents still are part of the gym? Uh, yeah, they still pop in and, uh, my dad actually stepped away to help my, uh, brother Saxon and Spencer open up a gym. So he kind of goes back and forth between the two and is retired now. So he's got a lot of, a lot of free time, but the part of the move too, was I think because my two twin brothers wanted to compete in CrossFit, they went to the 2012 games and they were like, this is something I, I want to do. And they gave up their senior year of high school to move to mentor, to be part of us opening a gym and to train with me as much of the day as they could. They were seniors at the time and they only had a modified schedule because of the core group of classes that they had left. So 12.30, they'd come and train with me. And I don't think a lot of people realize how much time those two guys put in to get to no, they to get don't. to the games um, where they are. They, I mean, they started at 12 years old and this was their sport growing up. They played basketball and, you know, were involved in other sports, but this is what they always wanted to do. So my parents brought them out here and they knew that was the best place for them to be and for all of us to be together. And it gave us the, the opportunity to 
really have a season of life where we got really close. And I didn't get that, you know, because I was in five, five years of college. So they were still at an age where we just didn't connect. And now they move out here as seniors and they're becoming, you know, boy, turning from boys to men. And it was just really great to be able to spend time with them and introduce them to the sport and give them the opportunity to, to coach and um, to interact with a lot of really, really amazing people. I, I still, to this day, believe we live in a little bit of a, a little bit of a bubble though with, um, you know, our members over across CrossFit mentality and we don't really have to go outside of that. And there's just something to be said about people that want to work hard that just tend to be really good people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you're, you're attributing that to the people who attend CrossFit affiliates, that it's a certain kind of, human. I do. I, I believe the people that are sticking around are good people. And I believe it, ha- it, it, there's a direct correlation between them being good people and their work ethic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's, 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 um, I was exploring that idea recently, uh, with Sousa quite a bit in the last few months that what a great thing to be a part of, because every part of it, you know, you're doing some, the right thing. So you're going there and you're working out for your own health. You're meeting other people who are working out for their own health, which means that you're working out with people who care about life. And then on top of that, you're spending your dollars, you're voting with your dollars to keep something open. That's so positive for the community. That's so crazy positive for the community. Yeah. Well, we're reading right now. We're reading, we're in Romans. And one of the things it talks about, I think it was in Romans 12, it was talking about just like God given gifts. And I believe that my, one of my gifts is, is, you know, being a leader and then also having knowledge and understanding of what it takes to be healthy and, and fit. And this is my way of serving our world, serving our community. And I think every person in this world has a gift to give. It just takes some time for us to chip away and figure out what that is. And then I think there's something really rewarding about figuring out how to serve others with with those gifts. And that's why CrossFit mentality has always been a part of my, my career as an athlete. And I always say that I'm a gym owner first and a, a athlete second, because the gym is my career. That's something that I will do for the rest of my life. Being an athlete is very short term and something that it, it can come and go. And I knew at any point during my career that it could be taken from me. Um, and that's, that's a, that's a scary thing. And I don't know mm-hmm. if, as many athletes are thinking in that mindset of like, Hey, like what, like, what is your exit strategy of the sport? What are you going to do when you're all done? And if they're looking at and comparing themselves to Matt, like Matt went and won the games so many times. And now he has a lot of opportunities and doors that have opened, but I wouldn't say that there were a ton of doors open for a lot of the other athletes that were mm-hmm. you know, there for two years, there for three years. There for and he was years. smart. I, I, not only were they opened, they were op- they've been open for a lot of people, but you have to know how to take advantage of it. I'm not blaming those people for not knowing how no, to take advantage you need to know of it. When, but you have to- yeah. when, when to take the opportunity. Like I look at someone like um, Jacob Hepner is a good example of someone mm-hmm. who came into the sport, accomplished a lot, and then – you know, stepped out and is excelling in the tactical games and, you know, and and investing into businesses. And I I think it's important 
for our next generation to be thinking about what they plan to do next. Like what comes after this and to continue to find ways to, to chip away at that while you're being an athlete. I, I mean, I do think there is downtime to when you're an athlete and uh, I hear a lot of this, like, Oh, there's no balance. Well, no, like there is balance if you want there to be balance and there should be other things that are going on in your life to, because if you take that one thing, if you take CrossFit out of your life, who are you? Mm-hmm. And if, and if you can't, you know, talk about who you are and you just define yourself as a CrossFit athlete and that gets taken from you, you're going to, you're going to think that's rock bottom. That's, I mean, that was me as a football player. I'm like, I'm at rock bottom. And, you know, I started drinking and going out and doing things that I'm not proud of at all. And that's where it can leave you if you aren't pursuing something alongside of that. You kind of had a little bit of an accent in those days too, that you've lost. <laughs> you can stay in Ohio. <laughs> you, start to, you start to just speak, speak I, I was watching stuff. one of your interviews when you were at Mount Union and I'm like it looks like Scott but it doesn't sound like Scott but it looks like Scott I'm like who is have this you guy? ever seen the Pittsburgh uh the Pittsburgh dad on YouTube maybe maybe oh you have to check it out that's <laughs> the accent from the Pittsburgh dad is is pretty funny but is it your classic Ohio accent Oh, I, I don't know if it's Ohio or Pittsburgh oh, oh. or what. Maybe it's oh. a combination of both, but I've been out here since 2012. So, um, Another thing about Jacob Hepner is um, I, I really appreciate his role in Olivia Kerstetter's life, at least looking from the outside, just from what I see on Instagram and just a little bit when I've had Jacob on the show. I find that as a very um, compelling trait of his well, that I'm about it, that's attracted true. to. That's, that's, that's him serving. That's yeah. him fulfilling like something here. Like that's like, I believe that probably brings him more joy than anything. That's how I feel. But whenever I watch my brothers compete, like watching my brother Spencer uh, qualify for his first CrossFit games this year and knowing how long it took him to get there, that was so special. And just to be part of that journey and, some shape or form and knowing everything that he put into it. I mean, that is like joy. Like I just remember standing at the finish line in tears, like, because I was so happy for him. When Spencer and Scott, um, uh, would fight, who would your parents Saxon. root? For? Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. When, when Saxon I mean, and Spencer, Spencer would and fight, I, would probably, <laughs> I would probably, it wouldn't be a fight. Of, <laughs> when, you know. <laughs> when Spencer and Saxon would fight, um, who would your parents root for? <laughs> because i struggled last (laughs) night my kids were in the jujitsu room at our house and they fought for an hour and like i I, like i want to root like there's times i'm rooting for one guy and i'm like i'm getting a little heavy handed imagine them being at the crossfit game oh shit yeah Yeah. i like don't know and then obvi's like let me get in there and mess mess them up i'm like easy easy buddy (laughs) (laughs) so imagine watching two kids on the floor and one is like getting like is is gonna win the workout and one is like struggling and something's going wrong and like you're you want to celebrate but at the same time you're like no oh, come on buddy that's that's a difficult thing i don't i don't think anyone's prepared for that and i yeah. wish i could give you better advice um i need to talk to your mom and dad yeah because they do a lot they compete a lot against each other and i never know who to root for and it's like and, and i catch myself screaming at one of them to, to win and i'm like wait that other dude's your kid <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, you love that other one too. Like he hears that shit. Yeah. And I don't want to mess the other kid up. Um, they they both went to the games this year. Obviously, you had the incident uh, with the rope, um, which we've talked about, and 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 you know, everyone talked about it was it was a big incident. Um, are are you healed up from that incident? Yeah, I'm back to doing just about everything. Um, trying to just keep chipping away, getting stronger, and getting back into running and bounding and all the things that that come from that. But I'll get there. You, you, you um you you ran your first mile after your surgery uh, and you ran an 826 mile. Yeah. And and how did that feel? Did your did your knee uh swell up after that? No, it didn't swell up. It's just uncomfortable. Um is this familiar AC, territory for you? A lot of people don't know my my ACL's still torn. Uh I decided not to get that fixed, which is what allowed me to come back a little bit faster. And, uh, I just, it was a medial and and lateral meniscus that I had cleaned up and I'm just rehabbing and trying to see if, um, see if I can just work through that and keep, keep my quads and hamstrings very strong and we'll kind of see, see what happens. But there is a chance that I might have to get that fixed again at some point, but I was not in any rush to, to do that. I try to minimize the amount of times that I need to have surgery it's just i don't want anybody touching anything in there because the more they're in there messing around the more likely they are to mess it up and god forbid Mm -hmm. you get an infection in there have you ever had an infection in there after a surgery no my dad did though he was cleaning our swimming pool and um got an infection in his i think it was his ankle and it was like ankle or shoulder but after after a surgery he was he was in there like cleaning the pool and doing dad things and he was not supposed to be and ended up getting a really nasty infection. Yeah. My, my, my wife, my wife was hit by a car. She had to have a knee surgery. She had a cadaver meniscus put in and uh, it went wrong. And four surgeries later, they're telling her like, Hey man, we, we, we don't know what this infection is and we're going to, we might have to amputate your leg. And I'm like, Oh God. Oh wow. I have a one legged wife. I didn't sign up for that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about you there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I had cadavers put in during my knee surgeries. And looking back, I wish I wouldn't have. But it's like you have two choices. Oh, we can take a piece of your, you know, your hamstring or your uh, patellar tendon and put it in. And then you're rehabbing two injuries. Or we can get the cadaver. Mm -hmm. And I think there's like a shelf life on those things because – that obviously did not, not do the trick. <laughs> they, uh, they really, they really screwed up my wife. They, they went, they, while she was in surgery one time, when she came out, um, obviously the doctor wasn't there cause he was off to the next one, but we called him the next day. He's like, okay. Uh, he was just supposed to go in there and take a look. And he's like, I cleaned up your meniscus. And then later on, when she went to have her meniscus replaced, um, and they never told her she was, they were going to do that. And later on, when she went to have her meniscus uh, replaced, there's a guy in San Francisco, Dr. Stone, who's actually developed an artificial meniscus. And he's like, hey, I can't do this surgery on you. And she's like, why? And she's like, because someone cleaned up your meniscus. And I needed those pieces to attach the artificial one to. And it's just, it's just a complete shit show. I think – I mean I don't know what I'm talking about, but I think you did the right thing by not getting the surgery. 
Yeah, I mean, I, if I need it at a certain point, if I get hurt again, whatever, it is what it is. But until then, like right now, I'm back to doing almost everything. So I'm pretty happy with that. <laughs> and the mm-hmm. the rehab from an ACL is, I mean, is a full year minimum. And there's still no saying that you'll get your full range of motion back and everything that you want to be able to do after that. So I was like, take as little of my meniscus as you can. Don't touch anything else. Like I gave specific instructions and I went through four different doctors before I found one that I believed could do the job and understood what I wanted to get back to being able to do and believed in what I wanted to do. What did he look like superficially? Uh, He looked like an athlete. He did. Yeah. And I, and I, I, and anytime I'm getting advice from someone, medical advice, they need to look like an athlete. They need to look like they take care of themselves. And I ask them if they exercise and if they don't exercise, I'm no, you're not my yeah. doctor. It is what it is. You're, wor- you're Damn, a Volkswagen mechanic, not a fucking Lamborghini mechanic. Big yeah. difference. Yeah. Put the wrong tires on my Lamborghini and I got in an accident. And I want somebody to treat me like an athlete, not like the rest of the world, because the rest mm-hmm. of the world is very unhealthy. There's slightly below well. Why would I want to be treated that way? So I have to find a doctor that's on the opposite side that takes care of himself. And if he takes care of himself, he's likely going to treat me how he would want to be treated. Yeah. Yeah. Most people like to hear from their doctor. Hey, don't do anything. Sit on the couch and sit there. He's like, oh, perfect. Now I have a great excuse. I I can't do it. I was told by my doctor. Can I get a refill on those Vicodins? (laughs) The first doctor I went and saw told me that I wouldn't like, he goes, I'll fix it. I'm going to stitch it. And you can't squat below parallel. And I, <laughs> I looked at him and I said, well, how do you, how do you expect me to take a dump in the morning? <laughs> I was like, that's a fair question. And, and he like, he didn't know what to say. I said, you're sitting at parallel right now in that chair. And he just like, he, he was so like, and I, and I was like, that's important for me. And I'm not going to stop squatting below parallel. And uh, he's like, well, I know I had a, I had my, my, my sister-in-law or something that was a bonehead CrossFitter. And she, you know, she went back in and got hurt. And I was like, well, we'll see you later. Like that's, that's, <laughs> that's good. My, um, my wife had her first surgery and, um, they put one of those braces on her where you just, you just turn how much you can bend it every, like, you know, three days you move the thing. And, and after, uh, eight weeks, she had lost so much range of motion. So the next surgery she had, they, they told her to do the same thing. And all I did, I said, I said, Hey, soon as the wound heals, you're taking this thing off. And so she took that thing off as soon as the wound fully healed. And every day I worked with her a little bit on a range of motion. And then we went into the doctor and I put it back on and set it to where it was supposed to be. And I'll never forget the doctor saying, I've never seen a surgery where someone didn't lose uh, range of motion. I, I don't understand why you didn't lose range of motion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because it's cookie. It's, I, I think one of the things that a lot of people don't understand is that it's cookie cutter. So yes. they're treating they're treating no common sense, just lowest common denominator, just to the dumbest person ever is made. So what you. is the what is like think of the oldest person to get that surgery? Mm-hmm. Okay, we gotta make sure that it matches that person. Oldest, dumbest, fattest. <laughs> That's who it's it, made for. It, but it's cookie cutter. And if it's cookie cutter, like I don't want it. And I think that the longer you sit and the longer something is not moving, 
just like what you did, the more it starts to die. And that's us. If we lay on the couch too long, we, you don't you don't take care of your body. It will stop working for you. Mm-hmm. Um, every morning for the last three mornings, my kids have woken up with the worst cough. Horrible. They, they're snoring all night. They just sound like shit. You know what I mean? They have like st- steroidal COVID. 15 minutes after they wake up and or they do their schoolwork, they get dressed. I take them outside to the skate park. From the second they're outside to the second I bring them home at night, not one single cough, no wheezing, nothing. It's like, yeah, put a sweater on them and get them fucking moving. I remember Glassman said that at my first uh, level one. He said, no animal was made to heal. We're As animals, we were all made to heal on the move. No animal uh, gets injured and, and, and stays still. And obviously, there's exceptions to that. You broke your neck, you know, but uh, – yeah, we're not. We're, we're made to heal on the move. Absolutely. Every every knee surgery I've had, I'd sit and like. I remember pumping my calf. I remember uh-huh. like squeezing my quad as soon as I could, and just like trying to like curl my toes or whatever I could do to just like anything that didn't hurt. My rule of thumb is if it doesn't hurt, and you're not in excruciating pain, move that thing, because what if you're not in pain? Pain is what tells us like, hey, don't do that. And if you listen to that, uh, you'll be all right. And I talk to people yes. all the time in the gym about it. Hey, it's okay for a workout to be uncomfortable, but you shouldn't be in pain. If you're in pain, let's figure out how to change that movement slightly. Well whether said. it's the height of your squat or using dumbbells instead of a barbell, whatever it might be. We just got to get you out of pain, but we're you're going to keep moving. That's the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in, 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 uh, 2000, I I watched an old interview from a year ago, uh, with you and Tommy Marquez here actually in Santa Cruz, California on the beach. And he was talking to you about in 2017, you had an open score, uh, in one of the events that you repeated in 2022 and you beat it, you had an 80 or sorry, in 2021 and you had an 80, uh, 82nd improvement, 82 seconds. Yeah. So how could you be fourth in the CrossFit Games in 2012, then age five years, and then five years later beat that score by 80 seconds? That's nuts. That shows you how the field is improving and just or or getting worse. No, you're or maybe well, no. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's time. It's not based on other people. Yeah, yeah. it's nuts. Yeah. I mean, how do, how do you think you keep getting fitter? I do I mean, shouldn't there be? Shouldn't you? Shouldn't you <laughs> yeah. it over your, your kind of functional movements performed high intensity? Do, do you I, think I, that? I, um, I truly, I stick to. I I really, really believe in CrossFit, and over the last two years, I've done probably like there was a period of time where I was doing tons of like interval and breaking things up more and more, and then like I got back into like kind of like CrossFit intervals, but like. I've kept a lot of fitness, especially right now because of like really focusing on quality over quantity and CrossFit style workouts. And I think sometimes people need to go on CrossFit.com and do a little bit more on CrossFit.com than some of the other things that they might be doing. Hmm. I think a lot of people could benefit from doing a main site workout once a week. Mm. 
And I, that's, and that's just me. I've always looked at the main site and used that as a reference to what is coming next. What are we going to come back and revisit? And if you're not looking at like some CrossFit journals and researching and doing those things, like you're missing out because there is a lot of information and that is core to who we are. That's how you got as good as you are. And it's like, don't forget to come back and refine those the basics and being exposed to different movements and modalities and ways of doing things. I mean, I thought this year's games was more CrossFit than it's ever been, period. It was it was the it was just it was really awesome to see like heavy like heavy weighted implements with long distance running and then you saw like a high power output. And then you saw like the strict deficit handstand pushups and I just like long biking endurance with like super high skilled movements. And it was just really, really fun to watch the games this year because I think it had a lot of athletes coming back and saying like, oh, yeah, like back to the back to the basics. Would, would you would you have killed this workout, Scott? The, the cro- uh, cro- crossover pegboard. Oh, no. No. crossovers i yeah crossovers are i'm still trying to figure that thing i can do single uh, single unders i'm good at single under crossovers not bad but like i can't figure out the double unders and i haven't been able to jump high enough and <laughs> coordinated enough to like not have that impacting my knee so i haven't really um, played around with that much uh do, do you have you when you when you watch the games have you thought about how you would have placed um, yes and no. It's, I, I, it's like watching a football game. Everybody's like, why'd that running back cut that way? Well, that running back had a split second to decide, not even. And I know that being a running back. So I didn't want to be somebody that was sitting and like, oh, this would have been my jam because, um, it's just, that's, that's, this is peculiar. This is peculiar. You did the capital workout. I did. I, w- I yes. set that as a goal after leaving the games. I wanted to. I Very knew that interesting. That that, that uh, pig was uh, <laughs> is, was really heavy, and I needed to get stronger. And I wanted to be able to run three miles, three and a half miles, without stopping. And and I think it was just when I watched that event at the games, I was like, "This is just a really, really cool workout." And I just put it on my list of things that I wanted to accomplish before November ended. Did you do stairs? I didn't have any stairs, so I just walked a little bit further, but it was still a very challenging workout. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let me show you another interesting tidbit of... uh, Bring it up. I have it here. Tidbit where he picks the guy up, his chiropractor. Yeah, Yeah, this is a weird thing to see you do. This is is a bit obsessive. (laughs) uh... Yeah, I was just practicing for next year. You know, you never know. <laughs> well, why don't you tell us since we don't know? We've done enough foreplay. We're, we're sixty minutes. We're seventy minutes in. Um, what, what, have you thought about if, if Rich goes Masters to go over there and, and hand it to him? Get the L on Rich. <laughs> I have no idea what's going to happen next. I'm just like I said, it was the same thing last year. I was just like, I want to get as fit as I can. I'll <laughs> sign up for the Open and we'll see what happens. Are you just telling yourself that to keep the pressure off or do you know? A little bit. Yeah. I, I, I truly don't know for sure. 
Um, but we'll see. I don't, I don't know what life's going to be like here and another month. And I'm just, ex- I'm just excited for, to meet my, my, my son Camden. Yeah. Uh, um, well, we've given that plenty of time. Let's get back to the games. Um, <laughs> uh, what we'll is, I don't know. What is your, uh, what are some of the people close to you when you have conversations about competing again? What, what are like your, your, your wife and, and your mom and dad and, and, and your, uh, do you have a coach? Uh, no. Okay. Um, and maybe, maybe your brothers, uh, Spencer and Saxon, what, what's the conventional, what, what's the chatter with them? Like if we were listening yeah, so, to one of your phone calls, um, <laughs> my wife is very supportive. If I want to come back and go for it, she would be completely on board and would help me do it. Um, uh, my parents believe that I could do this for the rest of my life and compete, <laughs> compete forever. My dad tells you, you still got it. You still got it. You know, he pumps me up, uh, Saxon and Spencer. I like to talk smack to sometimes and just tell them, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> Oh, you better get, you better get it together. I'll send them like a little video or Oh, try this one out. Would, would you do masters? Yeah, I would do masters. I also think yep. it would be cool to show up to semifinals if I qualified and mm-hmm. see how I stack up there. And maybe that's my games or I, I don't know. I it's, it's just really comes down to like how, how my body's feeling around that, that season of life and um, just where that focus needs to be. And I don't know, am I still excited and energized by it? I mean, I'm training, I train hard. I will say that. Like I still really enjoy training hard this month. I've been, getting on the echo bike every training day just because I'm tired of that thing hurting my feelings. So <laughs> I was just, I'm putting that thing in every day just to man up and be tough. I just, I just, I believe that, um, working, I, I'm not training as hard as I did in 2020. I can tell you that, like, I don't spend as much time in the, well, actually I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm not training hard. I'm not training with as much volume as I have in 2020. I train just as hard. It's just a little bit less. And I've been spending a lot of time rehab. Like do I spend almost like an hour, uh, every day doing some form of rehab and agility. And I'm working hard to just like get athletic again, like, like cutting left and right and jumping on boxes and, you know, getting back to some like old school kind of football training, to be honest. After, um, have you ever had any thoughts between um, that semifinal where the rope incident occurred and now to where you're done? Have you, have you ever been like, like I'm done, I'm in the done category. Okay. I'm retired. Um, yeah. Right after it happened. Yeah. I was like, that's it. I, I, I mean, I, when they gave me the diagnosis and they were like, yeah, your ACL's torn and, you know, you have a tear in your medial and lateral meniscus and you're going to need to get surgery on it. And I'm talking to different doctors. They're like, you're not going to squat. And I'm like, oh man, like all I want to do is I just want to be able to squat snatch and, and exercise and train the way that I want to train. Even if I'm not competing, like that's really, really important to me. So I think there has been times and moments where I felt like I had to make the decision is like, Hey, do you want to go and try to compete or do you want to be able to squat snatch for another 10, 15, you know, years? 
Oh, meaning meaning if you continue to push this hard, you may have some other things taken away well, long yeah, time, I mean, term from you. Let's just say I, I come down off of a box or I come down a ramp or I, you know, it could be anything. You just, you just come down on it wrong and that ACL completely goes and you got to go get surgery and there's no saying you're going to get everything back that you did. You know, the, the facts are that right now I can control my environment and the things that I'm doing are very functional movements and it's not a lot of lateral, uh, unexpected movement, you know, like a football game would be, I, I know where my squat depth is. I know where my extension is and, you know, it's, it's very, very functional and you can do a lot there. But like when you start tying in some of the, like, like I watched those guys at the rogue invitational coming down from the legless rope climbs onto the mat, jumping off the mat, going forward, throwing themselves under a bar, jumping over a bar, carrying and, you know, you start to see some of those like elements where you're like, oh man, if I just step off that mat wrong. How about when they come down the hill, that transition scared the shit out of me. Yeah. So like little things like that definitely come into my mind where I'm like, and then I don't know. I just, but at the same time, I'm like, you can't let fear dictate. Maybe you're almost even attracted to that. A little bit. <laughs> I, um, I, I don't want to last time my life either and just in wonder i mean that yeah. was part of the reason why yeah. i signed up for semifinals last year i was like well i was like if you weren't fit enough to go then you wouldn't have qualified and i was in good standing going in i was like oh, this is kind of cool like i'm doing a lot less i'm still performing really well let's go see what happens are you so swimming yeah yeah i swim once a week Ah, oh, interesting and are you biking? I bike uh, every training day. <laughs> but, uh, I, I mean, on a bike. Bi- I mean, I mean, a bicycle, two wheel bike. Um, no, I'm not right now. I- I'm I'm just trying to take uh, data points. I figure, okay, if he's <laughs> swimming, then that means he's still. That's a plus still, for the games. Yeah. Yes. Yes. He still Maybe has a eye on the prize plus. a little bit. I am, by, I am still swimming. I am still swimming. <laughs> yeah. That's a very, uh, I like that data. Doing point. last year's workouts from the games. That's a plus. <laughs> I check in. Let's put it that way. I definitely check in with some workouts every now and again and like to see if I can still do some some work. <laughs> um you 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 dabbled uh over at Mayhem a bit, right? There was a point in your life where you you started doing Mayhem programming? Yeah. And what years were those? You remember? 2019. And, and was that the first time you had done any programming different than your own? Were you, were you? Yeah. Yeah. And, I just what handed, was that? It, I handed it off. Rich wrote it and I, he told me what to do and I did it. And, and how, and how was that? I got really fit. I believe I got, <laughs> really, got really fit. It is what it is. I mean, Rich is a smart guy. There's no secret there. And, He's been super successful in the sport and he's someone that I do trust to, to hand it over to. There are not a ton of people because in my career, there haven't been a ton of people that I, that have beat me consistent, consistently. And if you beat me consistently, then I, I want to know what you're doing and I'd love to be, I'd be doing it too. Mm-hmm. Um, are you, are you guys friends? Rich? Yeah. Yeah. We talk occasionally. I wouldn't say like we're checking in weekly or anything like that, but we chat and check in on one another and we definitely 
became better friends after uh, 2019. And, and, and you, you were on the team with him. Yeah. That was the and year it, that they were at the ranch with five people and they, we qualified for the games as a team, but we didn't get to go. Oh, and then they shit. went back. Then they went back to the um, old way of no more super teams. And then this year they're back to super teams again. <laughs> oh my, have you talked to, have you, have you talked to anyone about going on a team? Is that, is that something you've uh, explored at all? No, I, I think a lot of people are probably like, oh man, that guy's like a ticking time. <laughs> 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 They're like, that, that guy can go tick, tick, boom. I might get a call like one week before the open with somebody saying like, hey, do you want to come down and do the open workouts at my gym? <laughs> you know, they're desperate at that point. <laughs> uh, I am Hop. Whoever decided there was no way those ropes shouldn't have been cut. I should have been ashamed. It's a miracle more folks weren't hurt. It literally would have taken them 10 minutes to cut them. Best of luck to you next year. How did that end up? Uh, in, I, I know we had talked about it before and you said, hey, you know, I've been advised to not, you know, uh, talk about that. So that's fine if you don't want to talk about it, obviously. But can is there anything you can say about it? How that ended up? Yeah, it, I mean, my manager, uh, Ralph, just was like, hey, like, now's not the time to be diving into all this. My brothers were getting ready to compete the next week. And I just, I, I needed some time to like not be emotional. And I think that, I think that's good. I think if I would have came on and talked and uh, the things that I would have said would have probably not been as um, who I am. I would have been speaking out of emotion and I don't want to do that. Right. Smart. God, that's so smart. Yeah, so I was strange. angry. But it doesn't, I will tell you it, that. I was, I was really angry. I was disappointed. Um, but it took it took some time, and then you redirect and you get you get back on course. It definitely softened the blow watching my brother Spencer qualify the following week. Yeah, which was which was nice. It was just a bummer because it would have been really cool to to show up and com- compete with both of those guys. So. Yeah. Um, uh, he's swimming. <laughs> he still romanticizes uh, being at the games with his brothers. <laughs> his dad thinks he still has it. His wife is very supportive. Uh, he he's he's he did he's doing events from last year's games. And uh, and and he doesn't want to um ask uh what if uh when he's older. Like how you put that last one in there like that. Yeah, you like that? <laughs> the way you framed it. I feel yeah. like that was your encouragement right there. <laughs> <laughs> whatever I can whatever I can do. Oh Matt, let's not get carried away. Let's not get carried away. Let's not get let's not get carried away. Uh Scott, uh thanks for coming on. I, I know this went uh was supposed to be twenty two minutes and it's an hour and twenty two minutes. <laughs> That's okay. I'll I'll send you my bill. I Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate you. I appreciate you sharing uh, the parts of your deep parts of your soul and the superficial parts of your injury and the whole, the whole gambit, everything in between. It's yeah. always great seeing you, dude. You got it. Good seeing you All guys. Right. I'll talk to you soon. Ciao. Thanks, yeah. Guys. And congratulations on the baby. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lucky kid to have uh, you as a dad and, and, and the grandparents. Very lucky kid. I appreciate that. Thank you guys. We'll see you soon. Okay. Take ciao care, brother. Damn, I always like to kick him off. He left before I could kick him off. I always like to push that kick. It, it's it's not like it, it actually says kick guest. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
Like kick guest. <laughs> and kicked. I didn't even I didn't even think of that um about him going on to a team and then maybe someone not wanting to uh dance with him because of the potential for something. The thing is is that it, uh, I mean the guy has no quit in him. I mean he yeah. got in, he at the games that year he was limping around and he and he still sent it. Yeah. I also think too. I think he's being completely honest when he says like I don't know. He's just gonna play it by year because I just well, think he, he trains hard. He's one of those guys that just trains hard regardless. Like even if they, they're like, hey, the CrossFit games are done, we no longer do that. Like I don't think much would change in his workout routine at all. He'd just be like, oh, okay. Well, he's not gonna sleep here for the next three months with the baby coming. Right. Yeah. And I think, he, and I'm pretty sure he knows that from some of the posts he's made. He knows he's about to enter the and the no sleep zone is a really weird spot to go. Mm. I've seen it happen many times at the uh, gym with some of the members, but I've not experienced it myself. The no sleep zone. He was he was telling a story that basically when he had his first baby and it was in a, like one they sell these little things where the baby sleeps next to your bed, like in a bed. And he was saying that he would wake up like, you know, I don't know how many times a night wondering if he rolled over his baby. And that shit's real. Mm. Like when you, your first baby, especially like you think that they're so fragile before you find out they're bomb proof. You're, <laughs> everything you do you think you might be hurting your kid excuse me um we don't have a topic for, we have brian coming on tomorrow but we don't have a topic <laughs> not yet well um, we we got uh plenty of things we could we could source from so i'll chat okay. with him we'll chat with him after this and get something squared away okay yeah i want to call him and have it so i can start um, yeah getting research on it yeah figuring out and then i'm uh i'm looking at my calendar here yep oh we, and we have uh so and then we have luke parker on wednesday yep and then, and Luke's been on the show before. Mm-hmm. Then we have a live call-in show on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And then Friday, we have Jason Tomlinson. That's an affiliate owner? Yeah. We're going back-to-back with him tomorrow. I mean, this week. Oh, two days in a row. row. Two affiliate shows in a row. Two in a row. <laughs> so much for me not wanting to do CrossFit stuff. <laughs> we switch it up. Sunday's still open right now, so we have some room there. And then a good week of n- almost no CrossFit stuff the following week. Yeah. Um, on Monday, we have Xavier uh, DeRosa. Am I saying his name right? Mm-hmm. If you don't know who that is, that's a great Instagram account to follow. Then uh, we have Hocus yeah. the Rapper on on uh, Tuesday, another great Instagram account to follow. Then on Wednesday, we have Paul uh, Al- Alkaby. He, uh, I think he was here in the States helping organize the evacuation of the uh, troops from Afghanistan during right. that kind of debacle. That should be, I, I'm very curious. I don't know shit about that, except what the pundits were saying. Uh, then on Thursday, we have a trainer uh, coming on named uh, Tanner um, Shunk. He's not a CrossFit trainer, but he's just a, a trainer. And he says some pretty uh, straightforward shit on Instagram that I found compelling. And then on Friday, we have coming back to us a uh, Bellator fighter, uh, Dalton Rosto, who's been on the show twice before, uh, undefeated, 185 pounds, a uh, beautiful man, uh, uh, mentally, physically, emotionally. Did I say physically? Double down on physically. Okay, cool. So we have we have a bunch of cool stuff coming up. Yeah, and we got a couple people on deck, too, that will be uh, laid down in the calendar within the next day or so as well. Um. It would be cool to get Scott Britz from Battle Cancer on. Oh, uh, send me hit. Oh, Elon. Okay, we'll try to get Elon on. <laughs> um, uh, He's a bit busy right now, but we'll get him soon. John, uh, John, 
I always want to call him Jan because it's the way it's spelled. John, uh, send me that guy's Instagram in my um, DMs and I'll poke around. I'm going to try something I've never tried before. Um, we're not covering. I guess there's this event going on for Masters athletes. That's like, I think, 35 and Is over. The, the Legends one? Isn't that at Mayhem? Yeah, it's Is in Cookville. Yeah. And so... On when December 6th, 7th, 8th, and 9th, I'm going to try to have Jason Grubb on. Oh, we have Matt Boudreau, Boudreau back on? Mm-hmm. That's the um, thing that you're doing with the students. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so we're not po- – are, are we going live with that? I. We need to talk about it, yeah. Oh, I got to make sure I don't swear in that episode. Probably, yes. <laughs> okay i that's gonna, you're gonna, I'm be gonna with have the to kids right I don't i'm gonna have to stick something on my computer no swearing just i'll just be with the soundboard with the beep and get you like a couple seconds lag i think that's it tanner shuck did, yeah yeah sorry tanner shuck yeah that's thank right. you chase did i, did I say shunk i think i have it i just type whatever I want. I just put an end there. But we're gonna have Jason Grubb on come on for like 15 minutes every day, and I'm gonna do. I'll be in uh, Newport, and so I'm gonna try. I usually do a lot of live call-in shows from there because it's easier for me. And uh, hopefully, I can have him on for like 15 minutes every day, and he can talk to us about the competition. I don't know if that would have been a cool one to go to, just because I want to hang out with Rich and the gang. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I I don't know if Ramirez is gonna be at that competition. But if he is, that will be the first time that um, Jason Grubb, the champ, and Ramirez meet, the former champ, and that that's uh, kind of exciting. Uh, I do, I soon, in December soon. I mean, I always say that, but you know, <laughs> I, I, I but I believe it. Yeah, Greg's coming on in December also. This time we really meet it though. Um, thank you, thank you, Jeffrey. I appreciate that. I need that. I have full confidence. Sevon cannot curse. I, I me too. Oh, you went to film school with them. Okay. Where at? What school? Uh, yeah, from the 1st to the 15th of December, I'll be with California Hormones down there. I'm so excited. I always have a blast down there with that crew. It's going to be awesome. I think even Hiller will be down there for a few days. Susan will be down there for a few days. Is he coming my down? Kids. Yeah. I, well, I don't know for sure. I, I saw. Uh, I sent him an invite. So from, I, think he, I think from the 9th to the 11th. I might have to visit you on a weekday too because when do you – Come back that following week. Or are you out there for a while? I'm going to come for, a, I'm going to stay out there for two weeks. Oh, then I'm going to come back on the 15th. You are come back on the 15th. Okay. Hey, you know, what's great. So my, my wife has, is talking about doing three days in Lake Tahoe this year. Mm-hmm. And I'm tripping because the accommodation she's showing me has no place to do a podcast. So the podcast <laughs> would be down for three days. That would, I mean, what? I know. Can you do that? I don't know. <laughs> Will you be okay? Uh, Jizz Lane. I would love to have Jizz Lane Maxwell on. Oh goodness! I was. I was. Um, I was. Hi, Jessica. I, I was tripping also this morning. I was thinking about th- all the Jeffrey Epstein stuff, and I was thinking yeah. that I should have said, "I hope it's all not true." How cool mean? would it be if, like, if none of it was true? Like, I was just thinking, what if it's just all bullshit? What if it's just shit from the, like, people just hating? What if it's some other conspiracy? Let's say Jeffrey Epstein knew something else. Like, I hope that, I was just thinking, I, I, 
even though I think it probably is true, all that shit, like, I hope it really was like, what if Bill Clinton was just there trying to talk him out of being a pedophile? Like, like, like what if Jesus had been in Epstein Island? Would we believe him that like, Hey, uh, he was just over there trying to help people save souls. Like, is, wasn't there one good person over there? who's like, Hey, like we shouldn't be doing this. I'm sure there was probably lots of good people that came in contact and was like, uh, something's up with this guy and didn't, but I, I don't know. I feel like if you, if you were on that plane and you flew to that <laughs> Island, I, I hear, I hear you, I hear you, Victor. But, and, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying I believe this even one bit. I'm not saying I believe this even one bit. But we have thousands of instances all around us where people can be paid to say stuff or where people lie. So I, so I haven't looked into it to see how many victims there are. I started watching the series on, on Netflix or something like that, and uh, I saw the first episode and I couldn't push further. It was so fucking disgusting. So. Uh, don't get me, don't get me wrong, but I just wish I was just thinking, I don't, I don't, I don't wish for these things to be true. I don't want these things to be true. Except I do wish her name was Jizz Lane. God, that would be awesome. <laughs> I do wish that. The real but crazy like, person is the looking to her dad. But, but what, what if, what if Bill Clinton was over there just like, Hey dude, this is wrong. I, I know because I, I was with Monica Lewinsky and it was inappropriate. Maybe he was just trying to talk, talk her out of it. Ask yourself about the Clinton Foundation in Haiti. I know. More disgusting fucking robbery. You're talking about the whole cell phone thing they did over there? And on to lighter news. Operation Overwatch. Need more operators to go in and just lay lay hate on them. That's exactly what I was trying to avoid. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Jizzling. (laughs) Uh, today is my, um, oh, so today, so, oh, I wanted to tell you something about my fasting. So I've been fasting now for over two years. I think in April or May will be three years where I don't eat every Sunday. So I stopped eating Saturday night. I started eating again, uh, Monday morning. So it's, it, it, it's usually between 30 and 40 hours. And the first six months I did that, um, and, and I do drink black coffee. Uh, the first six months I did that every morning when I would, uh, drop a deuce after the fast, it would be a toxic deuce. It was so weird. It would smell like almost like burning plastic. Have you ever smelled one of those? And it almost would come. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like no other poop you've ever seen. It's kind of like, would be like, like a, like, like almost like it's a baby in an embryo or like I shit out the placenta. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It would be like in like a, I want to say like almost like in a gelatinous sack. It was the weirdest poop and they would be well, small. They would be, I don't know. Were you changing anything you ate prior to the fast or was it just your normal no, stuff? That no, just it was not- just, and now for the last year and a half, it's not like that. It's, it's, there's no, I, I, I never have a toxic poop ever anymore. Like I, my, I could probably feed my, my shit to the homeless. I mean, it's like, it's so clean. <laughs> Yeah, like an oily poop. Yes, 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 and it, yes, Johnny, exactly. And it would be, and it would be, um, and it would smell like it didn't even smell like poop, but it was horrible smell. Why do you think that is? Do you have any speculation? Uh, well, yeah, I think I'm just. Clean. I think I after six months of that, like my shit's just like. I, well, what I'm guessing is is that maybe I'm just totally making this up. That in those 36 hours for the first six months, I was it was some sort of autophagy I was going through, which is basically the body starts consuming itself and it starts with like bad shit that's in you like skin tags or bad cells or cancer cells and that i've done it so many times that most of that shit's gone at least that's what i like to think 
Interesting. And that I'm a paragon of uh, health and fitness and beauty. Uh, my dog has a raw diet. Poop always rock hard, never smells. Well, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, soon as I stopped feeding my dog uh, kibble and switched him to years ago to um, dehydrated just meat, uh, the poops are tiny and they're rock hard, yeah. I haven't eaten a shitload of vegetables and my poop is not nearly as, as good as it was when I was uh, <laughs> just eating meat. Not really. Not, not, not really. Um, not, I don't normally, uh, John's asking, do you do intermittent fasting during the week, seven or just Sunday fast? I just do pretty much uh Sunday fast. Yeah. I, and I don't eat on any schedule. I'm horrible. Like I just walk by the kitchen and just eat stuff banana handful of nuts with just whatever I'm, do you think you've ad- adapted to the sunday thing like do you think if you switched it there'd be any bad try- or good my wife wanted to switch to wednesday and i tried it once and then i ended up fasting twice in one week i don't know i like sunday i went back to sunday she's doing wednesdays now it's so easy for me like i told my wife yesterday this is so fucking hard but, but like i'm not even hungry i just get tired like around four o'clock because I get up at six. Around four p.m. I'm white, but then usually mm-hmm. by six p.m. I I have another a second wind. But there's a two hour window in there where I'm just exhausted. But I never get hungry on those days. Not never, but I don't know. Never. I don't ever. Like yesterday, I was like, I'm so tired, but I'm not hungry. No, I don't take vitamins. Oh, I did take um yesterday. I did take some sort of uh right before I went to bed. I took some sort of um I just worked out and I took some sort of like electrolyte powder thing i don't normally do that at all but i I just did it put it in some water and it was fucking awesome maybe it was even that lmnt stuff that we i got in the gains box i prefer intermittent fasting i find eating in the morning makes me tired later in the day oh yeah i i have all these pills and i just take it not always i'm not three times a week i take a handful of those pills that i just have them all mixed up in one giant glass jar like nothing uh, do you still take liver pills? So that, yes, yeah, so fresh and so clean. <laughs> you want to talk about your poop at all, Susa? Uh, not particularly. I don't think people would find it as interesting. You have a real way to captivate the audience, regardless of the subject, and I don't, I can't follow that up. Thank you, uh, Sevon. How do you break your fast? It, 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 you don't want to know. Any anything goes. There's no like right now. If I walk into the kitchen. And there are eggs on the stove or oatmeal on the stove. I'll just sit there and eat it and talk to my wife. She'll be like, how was the show? I'll be like, great. I fucking killed it, man. I'm a boss. And then <laughs> I'll just be like stuffing oatmeal into my face. And then I'll put my, oh, you know what I did, Sousa? <laughs> I dropped one of my AirPods in the ocean yesterday and watched it go off. <laughs> well, at least you know where one of yours is. I opened up my case and there was only one in there. I had no recollection of ever just using one. It was just gone. One of us. Which one do you have? The right or the left? Uh, I have the right one. I have the left one. Oh, snap. Together, we make a set of AirPods. Is it the newest AirPods? Is it the newest ones? No, no, no. Mine are like the first generation older ones. Peasant. Peasant. Yeah. I it, it really hurt. It really stung. I I just I, I saw it roll away, and it was like I just saw three hundred dollars just roll away. I was like, <laughs> just float off. 
Uh, that shit never happens to me. That's like the first time it's ever happened in my life. Go ahead. What? No, I was going to say, G. Louise said, Susan, can't you find it on your iPhone? It says that they're together, but it would be interesting if you checked it on yours and you could just like see it way out the <laughs> Pacific Ocean somewhere. Oh. <laughs> like you click it, it's still just sending a signal. What's crazy oh. is I dropped it and I put my foot on it on the beach as the water was coming up. And then I lifted my foot up to get it and it just rolled away as the tide was going back out to the water. I was like, wait, what? And then it was gone. Such a bummer. Such uh, a bummer. Sevy is inside a sea turtle now. I know. Probably. Oh, shit. Hiller just dropped it. No shit. Oh, Nelly. <laughs> My mom gave me a little talk last night not to fight with people, not to be make sure I'm not being mean to people. I really, I, I like, oh, That's Nelly. good. She's good. I yeah, know. I see it here, too. It's oh, like Nelly. It's trending pretty fast. Oh, Nelly. Who's that guy on there? I don't know. 1,300 views in an hour? Yeah, that's going to be a big one for him. And it's 30 minutes long. I want to just hear the beginning of it. Look at that guy's mic set up. Oh, I don't know that I'm going to do it myself. I like my hypertrophy. How do I, how do I get this thing to go? Oh, okay, here we go. I'm going to get a little more into CrossFit. I'm going to check it out. I don't know that I'm going to do it myself. I like my hypertrophy and my lack of injuries that I've experienced for the last seven or eight years, but <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Hiller, Mr. Andrew. Okay. Hold on. Let's, let's, let's see just a little bit more. Let's watch a little bit more. Let's, 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 let's... Yo, August 16th, 2022, put out a video titled Tia Tumi Netty or not. It is one of my highest, if not. I didn't like that video. I just want you to know, I don't like the Natty or not stuff. I don't like it. Not the most highly interacted with videos that I've ever put out. And that should tell you in itself. Then Sevon, why do you keep watching it? Because I'm a scumbag. That's why I'm putting out this one, which will be titled Danny Spiegel, Natty or Not. I'm going to go a little bit further on this one rather than just giving you what my opinion, opinion is about Danny Spiegel. His opinion. But the first thing that I want to address and the entire reason that I'm doing this in the first place, and this is just the way things roll along, is that there has been quite a bit of interaction on the Internet in relation to Danny Spiegel as of late, to which YouTube, my algorithm, kicked something to the top, which said Danny Spiegel, Natty or not. And it. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, I'm not watch. I'm gonna watch this when I'm on the assault bike. I'm not wasting this with you guys. <laughs> Fuck that. I'm gonna get some fitness out of this. Holy shit! Wow, Taylor's crazy. All right, I'm not probably gonna call. I'm, I might not call you first. I might call Andrew first. Yeah, it's a good idea. <sighs> oh my goodness. Okay, I uh, love you guys. See you tomorrow morning, um, seven a.m. Uh, with uh, oh, Brian Friend will be here tomorrow. That's always fun. That's easy. Brian's uh, I love, love doing shows with Brian. Um, you should do a live reaction. Hmm. I'm gonna maybe I'll let him. I should I should have him get like his first twenty thousand views, fifty thousand. I don't know what's gonna happen to that video. Mm. Uh, bye, Jeffrey. See ya. I'll be waiting. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. Love you guys. Everyone take care. Uh, see you guys tomorrow. Thanks again for all your support uh, to uh, the great Scott Panchik. It really, that guy is really busy and he can be very difficult to get on. And he always responds very quickly to us, whether it's a yes or a no. And I love having him on. And uh, that was just a random shot in the dark. Uh, and I'm glad we had him on. What a great guy. All right, guys. Uh, see you tomorrow. Bye.